Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of FPL Black Box, episode 104. I am joined by Mr. Inspected Goals himself, Mr. Luke Williams. Luke, it was a weird, weird, weird game week. Loads of goals, no points. What did you make of it all? That, that summed it up really well, didn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, lots of fun if you weren't playing FPL, definitely. Like, what the hell was that Monday about? It's just ridiculous amounts of goals. Um, but yeah, sadly, pretty much no points across the board. I think I had Salah and Trent, like mm. probably everyone else that scored points. And I don't... Oh yeah, Matoma assist. Aside from that, absolutely nothing. Even a Harlem blank. I know. In a, which is um, ridiculous because, I mean, home to Leeds is obviously one of the best games in the calendar. I think it's the top attack versus the worst defence over the season. Mm. Like literally set up. And I don't... I wouldn't even say it was down to like a big Sam masterclass. He could have scored a hatful. Um, I think the biggest surprise was probably that he got 90 minutes. So he had an off day, didn't he? He, he really yeah, did. in terms of finishing, obviously yeah. he had he had lots of chances. And then he and then to top it off, he goes and gives the penalty away when he gets it. I know. Not that it would have made any difference. I think he's like 200 percent EO, isn't he? But it's just nice to at least look at your team and see that it's like vaguely positive. Um, I think we'll go through points in a minute, but everyone's kind of sitting. I would have thought for the vast majority of us within the range of about 30 to 40. Like if you've, if you've done okay, like they'd have been in big trouble. Gundogan and Harland, wouldn't they? If they'd, uh, if Leeds had gone on to get something from that game, because he wasn't happy Absolutely. at the end of it. I don't, that's not going to happen again. I think we're pretty, pretty sure now that Harland is, is going to be taking future penalties. There's not going to be a, a random Mares or a, or an Edison lining up to take it. It's uh, definitely going to fall back to Harland. Yeah, no room for sentiment at the moment. That was very clear. No, absolutely not. Um, it is a funny period of the season. We are going to try and do our best to entertain in this stream. Unfortunately, you can see the title, uh, Return of the Mac, 
you know, March injury, sometimes an injury to a highly owned player can open the door for something exciting. But I think it's just going to mean 99% of people move towards McAllister if you don't have him uh, already or Matoma, one of those two bright mid to double up. And is there any other options? Well, we will discuss as we go, try and uncover some gems. You did uncover a gem last week and I did on my bench. So <laughs> let's try and get a few more of those and you can gently rib me for that uh, as we as we go oh let's talk about the game week then i seem to do this every week i'm like oh let's reflect i just want one week where i'm like oh yeah let's talk about this game week it's going to be great it's supposed to be an enjoyable experience oh, i sense the God. pain every single week so, it's just been a painful season and you know i'm stuck around this kind of 160k mark and just not able to push but the frustrating thing is you can see my team on the screen i've had the players to push on and this week, another benching mistake. Pedro Porro, who you very wisely told me to play over Moreno uh, last week, rooted to my bench with 12 points. Would have been the highest scoring player uh, in my team. De Gea, Trent, Dunk, another booking for him and a minus one. Uh, Moreno, Salah, Rashford, March, Matoma, Harlan Captain, Watkins and my new boy, Isak. Yeah, so if I played Perro, that would have been 12. That would have been a green arrow. I had Watkins on the bench and Moreno a few weeks ago. That was like 25 points. I had Isak on the bench when he scored all those points against Spurs. <laughs> it's like 50 points, Luke. Like 50 points on my bench. I'd be like 60k if I'd played those those players. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we've all got similar stories, though. Ifs, buts, maybes. Like, even this week, as I'm sure we're going to talk about, like, benches are just horrific. It's like I'm terrified of the players I might have to put on my bench and what they can do, but... Yeah, benching Porro, man. Oh, look, I'll be lying if I thought Spurs would get a clean sheet. Yeah. But I think we discussed it saying that clean sheets are just pretty much non-existent. So you've got to play your best attacking players. And Porro in a whole get home game, I think he ended up pretty much playing right wing. Forget right wing back. Mm. He was the most advanced player, which obviously you didn't know before the game. So fair enough. Yeah, um, I mean, he, I still... he's top of the stats, as he's top of the stats. And you're, you know, you like your little six game windows and he was right at the top. I just thought with Wolves having got battered, we targeted their, you know, their right hand side, and Moreno's obviously playing on the left. His attacking stats were were decent, not as good as Poro's, but decent. And I thought there was a higher chance of the clean sheet. And then, again, attacking returns is always a bit of a lottery as well. It's defence is just a nightmare to predict who's going to do well, and who isn't. But fair play, you you said to me you definitely play Poro, and I got that completely wrong. And it's not just a little punish. You know, if it's like four or five points, you're like, oh, okay, I've been punished, but I can mm -hmm. take it. Well, it's 10 points. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. That's yeah. brutal. But that's what FBL does for you. Whenever you make a mistake, it makes sure that it, it, it labors the point, right? Absolutely. Stamps on your head when you're on the floor just to make sure. Absolutely. Um, it's I know. ridiculous. And, and then I had to endure Brighton. Brighton's performance. I mean... You know, going into Everton at, at home with, with Dunk, March and Matoma, uh, and I get five points between the three of them. Some people got less, you know. Mark had double um, double defence, for example. Did he have Dunk and Steel? Uh, he had Estepinion and Steel, so right. minus two yeah. from, from those two at home to, to Everton. You know, it's, it, was, it was a ridiculous game, and we're going to do a bit of an inquest into Brighton, I think, because... Obviously, lots of investment in them going into the the double and Newcastle's. Well. I mean, Newcastle's performance I thought was really, really poor against Arsenal. And we I think we both that. had them down to win, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yep, yep. Yeah, I think Arsenal just did a proper professional job on them. To be honest, I think apart from the first sort of 10, 15 minutes in the first half, and arguably the first ten minutes of the second half, where yeah. Newcastle looked like they were on top, Arsenal just 
controlled the game. They're yep. very professional. No, I mean Isak had a couple of chances, didn't he? It was a it was the experiment that we've been waiting to see with them with Isak and Wilson starting together. It was a colossal, you know, failure, I think. They they couldn't seem to link up very well and like you say, Arsenal just, just looked quite comfortable and, and saw it out. And I, I wonder if Howe is going to try that experiment again or whether he's going to revert back to what's been going, which might mean just one start each for Wilson. and well, it was you know. definitely a, a risky game to try it in, I, I would say. But I it's really surprised. To... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's it's the long star thing, isn't it? As the Newcastle fans were saying, they might might play them both together. But it feels like a really tough game to try it in. To be honest, I wouldn't put it just down to that. I think, like, I think Wilson was pretty much non-existent, but... There's there's no saying that Isak wouldn't have also been non-existent down the middle with a with another winger. So yep. obviously very different games they've got coming up. Um, I think a lot still depends on Longstaff. Unless I, I mean, I was speaking to a couple of Newcastle fans. They they were saying they think that's the experiment done. Antibonis will just put another winger in and go mm. with one up top. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's at least an option for him to play too. It seems. I was expecting Isak up front and then in that game and then the duo maybe against Leeds because obviously they're a lot more frail than, than Arsenal, but. Maybe that was the tactic, was just to try and outscore Arsenal and do it. Anyway, I think Hal probably got it wrong, but yeah, we'll see what happens uh, and hopefully we'll get some team news ahead of the next game. Uh, your game week, one point more than me. Check you Yay. out. <laughs> and that's Esther opinion over Dunk, um, pretty much. I mean, we've got almost identical teams. Your big differentials against me. The Chelsea defensive double up. Kepper and Chilwell. What a disaster. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, I think, I mean, Bournemouth's goal was pretty much a worldie. Um, so I don't think there was much I could do about that. And, you know, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have predicted Chelsea to just win 3 1. But um, I think it was a little bit unlucky there as a result of that. I think the main issue for me this week was just the fact that I've got Chilwell and March are probably like my only slight differentials, if you could even call them yeah. that, in my team. And, you know, for both <laughs> of them to go off injured with hamstrings I is know. just depressing. Yeah, because I think Chelsea was struggling to score and then Chilwell went off and then they suddenly scored three goals. I think if he's on the pitch, maybe he's involved in one of them, right? And I get some points. And even if he's not, it's um, it's really this week, the home to Forest game that I kind of kept him for. And now he's probably out of that. So that's depressing. Um, yeah, I already went through it. Like literally no one scored points this week that I own or I can't think. I think Mares got 10, didn't he? I think he's about 10 points he got. I can't think of too many other highly owned players outside of McAllister that we both don't own. No, um, that that have done well. That would have been an ob- obvious Kane, picks at least. Kane scoring again. Of course, Kane. Yeah, I forgot about Kane. Yeah, I mean, um, what I'm quite annoyed about is I actually I what I liked William this week. Believe it or not, um, I thought he was a good option because Fulham have got great games from now to the end of the season, starting with this game. And the fact that Mitrovic and Pereira out, I thought, well, okay, there's a good chance that William might actually be on penalties because he's taken them before. So that's why I kind of thought, oh, he could be a good option because he'd be on penalties. Turns out. He didn't score a penalty. He scored two great goals from open play. Yeah. But it was the fact that he's a midfielder, so I don't know how the hell I'd have got him in my team. And second of all, um, he was a doubt to even play the game. So it just felt like it's just too much of a risk to take. Um, and now Mitrovic is back. So I assume, I mean, I don't know if it's a given, but Mitrovic might now take back over penalties. I suppose that's up for debate, given how he's performed mm. in that area over the season. But yeah, looking for those little players, it's I suppose it's like you kind of like a little bit annoyed at yourself that you didn't get him and you thought they'd do well. But... Um, when like he's owned by like five people in the game, you just have to kind of let it go. It just has no impact, pretty much. Well, yeah, across. exactly. It's, it's, it's similar to me and and, and Poro. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to spend the whole the whole stream bitching about bitching about that, but it is frustrating because you are like you say you're looking for these pockets of differentials, and like you've got Chilwell and and March as those lesser ones. Now they're both injured. Now you know March to McAllister is. I assume that's what you're going to do. I've already, already done, already done, already done, done that. it exactly. 
you know. So I feel like, you know, we've, we've free hitting. I would have had Isak as a differential there and now I benched him. Poro, he would have been really good for me. Moreno a few weeks ago. It's like I've, I've been so close to, to hitting them and, and just not being able to, to do it. And like you say, you, you, you spot a player in midfield that you want, like a Willian or I talked about Joe Linton last week or someone, but you look at your midfield. I mean, who are you going to sacrifice? You know, Rashford and Grealish, both got the double next week. Matoma and March, both got two doubles in a row. Salah's playing the way he is. Like, you, you can't realistically take any of those out, especially for someone like Willian, who'd be a fun punt, but it's just not sen- it's just not sensible, is it? <laughs> no, that's it. And we're all trying to play sensible, most of us. I, d- I do think, and that's what we're trying to do in this podcast, I guess, for these three games remaining. Again, it's hard to make the case to pick anyone outside of the teams that have got a high volume of fixtures. So Brighton, United, City... Newcastle, I think, have all got the most games, mm. there, and Chelsea. Um, but after that, you start looking at teams with just the single games. It's like Palace are right near the top of the fixture list. And it's like, um, yeah, you could go for their options. But most of the teams like that have got their options in midfield. Like I've already discussed, you ain't going to buy a Palace forward unless you're Mark Sovens. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a lovely quote in chat from Greg Frost. The doubles are crippling creativity. Yeah, Perfect. that's that's bang on. That's bang on. And it's I know we're moaning, but it's because we want the game to be competitive, mm. I think. And that, you know, people say, well, stop moaning, just do what you want. Fair enough, you can do. But um, the bottom line is you want to play the best you can possibly play. And if the, the fixtures are laid out that way, then having more games is generally a good thing and people are just going to do it. Like, there's no real reason not to do it. I think the only thing I'd say now is we are at the point, especially towards the end of the season, and there's only this many games left, where and I don't want to pick a figure on the rank because it's, is um, independent to each individual. If you're not happy with your rank, um, you know, you can just do pretty much, I think, whatever you want from this point on. And, you know, if you're not bothered, if you finish an extra 50K or 100K less um, by by doing so, then just get on with it, I think, and just do whatever you want. I think it's <laughs> just, do, just just go with it. Like, there's no reason to sort of... I mean, obviously, don't go crazy and pick someone like Kante, but, um, you know, if you if you would think Eze is a good option for Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest... Um, why not? Eh? I just think if you can do it, then go for it. There's no one saying don't, I don't think. That's next week's title sorted. Just get on with it. Just get nice. on with it. <laughs> yeah. Or do what I do, bitch and moan and then just buy McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Let us know Let us know in the comments if you've got any differentials um, in your team. I mean, Khalid O's in the chat. He says he bought Carlos Vinicius probably when, when Mitrovic got... He's looked Vinicius. really good recently. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that he had that in him. Every time I've seen him, he just looks like he's a decent player now. Um which yeah, I'm not sure he actually is, but he's he's performing well. I mean, he hasn't done he hasn't exactly done great, but over the last three weeks, he got the goal against City, blanked against Liverpool, nine points against Leicester. You know, that's a good move. If you, I mean, I don't know, fair play if you've got Carlos Vinicius for City and, and Liverpool. Uh, but you know, assuming maybe you bought him for Leicester, that's a decent week. I mean, any Dwight McNeil owners? Come on, it's got to be one. Got to be one out there. A few people saying they've still got Kane. Yeah, Kane Kane is a differential now, isn't he? In kind of the yeah. EO circles. Absolutely. I'd be happy if you had him. I think Spurs are... I mean, their fixtures are pretty good, I'd say. Yep. I mean, uh, who have they got? Yeah, Villa, Brentford and Leeds. Mm. They've got... Um, I think that's fine. The Leeds, is, the Leeds game is nice, isn't it? In, in 30, I think it's mm. going to be a lot of us, you know, potentially even thinking about taking hits. Differential captain, potentially, um, in that week. Uh, quite a few differential City players. Alvarez being mentioned, Foden being mentioned, Mares, um as well. We're going to talk about those in a bit because yeah, Foden and Mares are interesting, aren't they? Because they're getting saved in the Champions League um, and seem to be starting in the Premier League. So I think their their place against uh, Everton is is maybe 
a bit more secure. Alvarez, I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know about that. Uh, De Bruyne got another knock, didn't he, last night? I don't know if it was a knock. Yeah, I put a tweet out about it. it literally in like the last attack where they burst forward, he um, he kind of pulled up, but it was like the camera had kind of moved a little bit, so you couldn't really see for sure, and he kind of stopped for a little bit. And then he kind of hobbled back a bit. And then even when he came back to the, the penalty area, he was kind of stepping a little bit gingerly. But then at the same time, he was clearly absolutely knackered. And De Bruyne mm. does do this. And I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, Player of the Match award that he won afterwards. Go and look at that photo if you find it. And he's standing there holding the trophy and just look at his face. He looks like <laughs> he's had this, the worst day ever. He's been dragged for a book. Like he is done, like completely done. So I don't know whether it was just sheer tiredness. They all um, look, I, I mean, we talk about Pep not making subs. They all looked absolutely shattered at the end of that. I mean, Grealish has put into it. Yeah, Grealish has said, isn't he? It's the most he's ever run um, in, in a game. Yeah, cramping both calves. Yeah. And I think De Bruyne, um, oh, what was I going to say? I've, no, I've just totally forgotten what I was going to say now. He looked knackered, dragged for a hedge. Yeah, no, I've already said that. Um, oh, when he scored the goal. That's mm. it. When he scored the goal. And I know it might just be partly the fact that it is a very emotional time. They want to win the Champions League. It's the semi-final, but it's rare to see that from him. I think that was partly because he just had no energy left. He was like, thank yeah, God. Yeah, thank God. He'd also not yeah. had the best game before that goal. No, um, not particularly. Either. So, yeah, um, big, big moment for them. But yeah, really interesting. That second leg is going to be really exciting next week. And I think it will have an impact on this week on the uh, team section. Um, yep, yeah, some other, some great comments. I mean, Willock is being mentioned quite a lot um, in the chat as well. Even Pete FPL team thinking about captaining Willock this week. Why not? Why Get not? on with it. Get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, this was Mark's team. Uh, he was top of the pile uh, this week, thanks to Brennan with his eight points. A rare That's eight a points. monster score this I week. Oh, 42. He had McAllister and Johnson. Uh, and then everyone else did, did, did poorly. Fernandez again uh, with a blank. He just, I just don't expect him to get returns. Any week, and then he just blanks. I'm like, oh yeah, it's blanked again. Good. Got no. That's literally that's the one piece of solace I'm taking at the moment because my mm. team's so template. I don't have Bruno, so even though my team's done terribly, it's like the fact that Bruno blanks like makes my week. I'm like, oh god, let me yeah. just take that one <laughs> crumb of hope that I've got out of this week. Thank God for that because if he does anything, it's like, but he's not even that that highly owned. I think overall, but obviously amongst the top manager, he is he is quite well well owned. So could be devastating. I got to say, Mark's team is is nice. I mean, he's he's managed to oh, find a way to bring in Salah, Fernandez, and Haaland, and he hasn't really compromised anywhere really because he's got Trippier that can can come in. He's got you know the doubles in place. You know, he's he's all set for a strong end to the season. But I think the top million, as we'll see from the great and good, uh, is is sorry, the top hundred thousand is um going to evade him. He's four hundred ten thousand with three weeks to go. He's going to need a bit of a miracle, I think, to to do that. About he's sixty points or something, sixty seventy points. I don't think that's going to Happen. Uh, I'm slipping as well. 163k. You're flying. Don't know why I've added you to this. Just good for your ego. You're in a, and sixth on this, just behind FPL General. 33k. Lovely. You ahead of Fabio. That's got to be. That's got to be your target, isn't it? Just stay ahead of Fabio, and you should have a good oh, end of the season. Oh, I love that. But he's he's not had a great season overall, well, especially for him. But to cap, look at that. He's the only person that captain Salah, and that's probably. I mean, how many did Salah score this week? Was it eight points, or have I made that up? He got. He got ten, didn't he? He got ten, did he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that compared to Ireland is a is a big differential, isn't it? And I think that his team's quite similar to ours outside that. So how ballsy is that, though? If we, given the fact that he would have known that Ireland is starting, yeah. Well. well, that's it. I mean, if we'd had no team news, I would have captain Salah. 
because I would have thought there's a risk of Haaland starting and he's probably going to get 60, 70 minutes. As soon as I saw Haaland in the lineup, there was no way I wasn't going to captain him. Like it was, you know, he's against Leeds. It's it, that that could be four goals in that. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, people say about team news giving advantages, but. I think that probably pushed a few people to Harlem. But like you say, I mean, it was just one of those days for him. It, was, it wasn't like he had a, you know, a, a bad game. He, he could have he could have had two no. or three in that in that match. So, yeah, don't look at it too bad um, with hindsight. Uh, shout out to Tom Freeman, who was the only manager sort of who wasn't right down the bottom of, of this list, uh, who managed to green uh, Arrow with forty one. But yeah, Mark was the top scorer, forty two. That is just sums up how bad a week. Uh, it was uh, this week. Let's look at Ben Krellin's uh, graphic. Three weeks to go. I can't quite believe it. Uh, but we're into 36. Just the two doubles. One for Brighton. One for Newcastle. And they'll be the focus of the rest of this stream. But do bear game week 37 in mind uh, with Brighton, Chelsea, City and United with a good double actually with Bournemouth and Chelsea um, on the horizon uh, for them. So I think this week... You know, it's going to be Isak, Matoma, McAllister. We'll talk about those captain options. But in 37, you know, there's going to be quite a few, right? Brighton have got two home games. There's Haaland. There's, you know, Rashford. Absolutely. I think Rashford and Bruno. Mm. Rashford and Bruno are appealing. I mean, people are probably just going to go Haaland, aren't they? I'm probably wasting our breath. But the fixtures, I would say, are better better, better for Man United. Um, I mean, they both play Chelsea. So you, and and they both play them at home. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Yep. So you can almost disregard that. So what what's a worse fixture? What a way to Brighton or a way to Bournemouth? So yeah, I think there's an argument. Plus, I mean, you throw in the fact that he's a midfielder. I guess the fact he hasn't scored for about two months, Rashford now probably put people <laughs> off. But um, he's the kind of player who can turn it around. I mean, he he was the triple captain in whatever game week it was that probably did the most damage this season. If he didn't go there, if he yeah. got twenty pointed, didn't he? And um, yeah, so I suppose there'll be some people out there will look to make that Hail Mary in, in 37. And if they think that Haaland will get reduced minutes, I don't think it's a bad a bad pick necessarily. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't own Bruno, but looking at these these next three game weeks, I mean, Wolves at home and then the double, and then Fulham at home in 38, you know, is it is a nice... I, I, I'm not going to get him, I don't think, um, unless I take a, a couple of hits. But that does worry me a little bit. Uh, hopefully he can keep blanking in the way he does, but... He's a good investment, What about I think. Salah to Bruno in 37? Because that's probably what I'll do. It doesn't feel great to lose Salah home to Villa mm. and then he's away to Southampton. But I think that move, obviously, well, everyone will be able to afford it because he costs less. So you're basically gaining yourself a fixture and I think that's fine. I think that's what a lot of people will look at, actually. Yeah, maybe. I like that Southampton game, but then the the, the away form. We need to see how Liverpool do in this away match against Leeds because we're all expect um, against Leicester, sorry, because we're all expecting them to win it comfortably, but they have had issues away from home this season. So if they struggle in that game to break down even Leicester, that might make us a bit more reluctant to keep him when we could move for Bruno. But yeah, interesting. I think 37 this week is is relatively dull, but in 37-38, as you'd like to say, the Hail Marys could uh, come into into play. Into play. Yeah, potentially. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, one question I'm getting a fair bit is on Brighton um, and how we're likely going to line up uh, without March. So, I mean, I'm not the best person to ask on this. The best person to ask on this is definitely um, uh, Neil over at Fantasy Football Scout. He's the lineup king. He spends hours going through the forums and, you know, trying to pick out the the team he thinks is going to start. This is pretty much on the screen how I think 
we will line up. I think the Steel Sanchez one is is interesting. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sanchez come in. Really? In this game. Yeah. Well, just because of that mistake, or I just think he could make. You know, he's he's going to make quite a few changes in this game. I mean, for example, here. Um, you know, Neil's gone with Gross at right back, Billy Gilmore coming back into the side, Colwell coming in, you know, and Cizo coming back in, Ferguson coming in. That's like four or five changes. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was it was so disastrous that, you know, it was I think it was the one concern I had with Steele. It was like if there is an absolute disaster class, and Sanchez has now sort of done all right in that in that semi-final game when called upon. There was always the chance that he could potentially come back in if there was something like this. I just wasn't expecting it to be against Everton. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't realise that he was, apart from obviously the own goal, I didn't, I can't say that I noticed that he was a disaster cast. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Was he at fault for any of the other goals things? I didn't really see that. Well, not not so much a disaster cast from him, but a, a performance. Oh, okay. Overall. I think Colwell's almost a certain. I think Webster mm. was pretty poor in that game. And Colwell was in my opinion, earning that position. And I was quite surprised that he hasn't really got back in. I don't know what was going on there. It was an unbelievably bad performance from the two centre-backs. Dunk had the mm. worst game I've seen him have in years. Webster just didn't... It, it made too many mistakes. I mean, the inquest is essentially... Everton played really, really well. And we were talking last week about them potentially getting thrashed. I think you had them like a 5 nil loss. 6-0 six six nil to Brighton. Nil. Yeah. With the caveat, I will add, if they press them like mm. uh, they would want them to do. And I, I mean, I wasn't, I must admit, I've mostly seen highlights from this game, so I could be talking out of my arse, but it didn't look like to me that they did that. It felt like they, they played the smart approach and kind of sat off a little bit. Um, mm. And then obviously broke and countered and it was almost like 2v2. It's almost like Man City game, isn't it? Where sometimes they would have, you know, when they were getting broke on sort of 2v2, 2v3 quite a lot. I mean, they were they were more than happy to, to have nine players in the penalty area when, yeah. when Brighton were on the attack. And, and that's we've really struggled against teams that have done that. We've struggled against Forest when they've done that. Um, and it's why we've, you know, struggled in, in quite a few games against teams that we've been expected uh, to beat. We couldn't deal with Calvert-Lewin. He was just absolutely brilliant. He was like everything that Bamford wants to be for Leeds, but just does everything so much more effectively, holding the ball up, bringing players into play, strong, quick. McNeil had a one in a million game where just everything he did came off and he has like one of those know, exactly yeah and then individual mistakes from, from the whole team the midfield got bypassed players like Matoma were giving the ball away it was it was just it was just a complete it seems like people disaster. have worked Matoma out a little bit more now mm. he's so right footed and it's kind of affected them recently a yeah. little bit I still think he's a little bit unlucky and I still think he's you know a great player so he can make it he can make it work but People are definitely taking advantage of the fact that he's he's so one-footed. Now, Evan Ferguson looked great when he came on. Mm. I think that um, if I mean I just don't know whether he's nailed because even when he was fit, it, to me they seem to play other people there. But if he is nailed and now is going to play every single game, then I really do like the look of him personally. Yeah. Um, I suppose and and Cis- how do you say and Cisco is he more likely to see minutes because obviously March being out, you can pretty much guarantee he'll play that spot, or is it not? As I suppose people are probably looking at one of those two and. I don't, Ferguson, I actually like better on paper if he was actually mm. to play because he's he's right up front, obviously. Um, but I think in terms of minutes, it's probably a little bit safer to go in Cisco. Have I got that wrong? It's Enciso because there's no there's, no, there's, there's no second C. I'm just I've, adding some. Yeah, I've been player. doing that. It's pretty good for me. I've been, I've been doing that every week. Uh, yeah, I mean the the basically the March replacement is going to come down to either Enciso, Buenote, um, or Gross playing on the right. The thing is, we need Gross at right back because Veltman um, is injured. So unless we play Casado there again, which he did do quite effectively against Wolves, um, I think we might see Gross go back. But 
they're both going to play, so it doesn't really matter because either you know Gross will play midfield or or Casado will. Um, so that leaves in Cizzo or Brenante. Brenante just doesn't look ready really for of consecutive minutes. He's he's young and, and raw, and he's looked good in spells, but Enciso is is above him, I think, in the pecking order. So he comes straight back in, um, I think. It's going to be a bit makeshift, though, because he's not really a right winger. Um, he's more of a kind of a, no. a 10 striker type role. Um, His ability to kind of turn on the ball and just mm. break past a few players is pretty pretty good, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, he seemed to have some moments. I think Brighton were a little bit unlucky. I mean, for, I mean, look at the XG and Brighton, I think, actually beat them as usual. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of that was obviously just you know, Everton have gone uh, quite high up and then and then they've had to try and fight back and score um, as best they can. So they've had all the ball and been attacking. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see because Brighton have been obviously fantastic since the new managers come in. They've shown us in, in loads of different games that they can play at like the highest level. They're starting to top like all the stat matrix across, but then the results recently just not been what, you, mm. what you'd like. And then they've picked up a few injuries. That March one was heavily frustrating for us owners. He just oh. the fact he got benched in the first place was a bit of a surprise to me. But then it came out that he's not in his best moment or whatever. So I think um, it kind of explained it. And then he came on and looked looked the part. He looked really good, like he could make something happen. And then he goes and pulls his hamstring. It's like for God's sake. Well, so I now... don't, I don't, I don't understand. I didn't understand that comment about him not being in his best moment because he he played the game straight after the loss at United and, and played well mm. against Forest. He was one of our best players in that, making stuff happen. Benched against Wolves. Um, and then, yeah, I just wasn't expecting to be benched, especially because we just don't really have that option at, at right wing. And Buena Notte just didn't really work. So I, I don't know what's what's gone on there. But See, I, see, I think, I don't think there's any world in which March is not better than Buena Notte. I think when they say that, sometimes we read too much in it. Oh, it could be literally that he was, the medical team have said like he's in the red zone because he picked up a knock in that cup yeah. game, didn't he? Yeah. I know he played straight away afterwards, but he kind of patched him up, I guess. I don't know. And maybe that means physically he's not in his best moment. Or it could even be, you know, just stuff we don't get information to. It could be attitude, could be what you're seeing on the in the training pitch. Because in terms of performances on the field, I don't yeah. think you could point that at Mark because he's he's done well. It's not it's not performance. It I'd be very surprised if it was attitude. I met Chris Hutton a little while ago, a few days ago. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, he didn't was, nick your car. He did, no, no, not no, he didn't. He's lovely. He is. You know when you he meet is like one of the nicest guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, like, he you, comes across that way. Yeah, you know when you kind of like meet your hero. He was. He, I, I, I met him and he was. Um, I was at like a work thing. And he was in the lobby. He's manager of Ghana. No. Oh my god. And he was doing some research. He was watching uh, Ghanaian football. Is it Ghanaian football? I think he was. Well, he's watching some, some Ghana players. Well, you tell me. What was he watching? <laughs> <laughs> he was watching a Ghana match, I think, um, right. on his laptop. And I got chatting to him and I just couldn't get away. He just he was really happy to chat about everything. Um, I love that. And just one thing he said was how surprised and happy he was that March has gone on to kind of have the career that, that he had because he was quite quiet, he said, and had the ability, but wasn't really sure if his, his kind of personality would see him to the top level. But. It has, and he's he's had a great season. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a massive shame to see him going off with the. That's probably his season done, right? I'd imagine. A couple only a couple of weeks left. Would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Um, if anyone watches Ghanaian football, apologies. <laughs> I do don't. Does Ghana have a league? I don't know. Well, of course it will. Let's have a look. Ghanaian league. I shall Google it while Thank you, you while Thank you do things. I'll move on to the next uh, team data um, attack. This is quite interesting, actually. Because we're looking at this over the last six matches. We're focusing on Brighton and Newcastle. Who are top over the last six matches? I'll tell you, Luke. It's Brighton and Newcastle. Brighton at the top. <laughs> XG non-penalty for 90, 2.47. Newcastle in second uh, with 2.3. 
their opponents, obviously each other, um, but then you've got Brighton playing Arsenal away. They're in eighth, 1.58, and Newcastle playing Leeds, crucially, because we're you know going off the double defence and Trippier captain, but Leeds, uh, although they seem to keep finding a way to score a goal, um, they are 16th for XG non per 90 over the last six Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So yeah, Brighton and Newcastle top. Uh, are you expecting goals from them both this week? Before we move on to that, I'm going to give you one chance to guess the name of the Ghanaian Premier League. Mm, I I can't. There's a there's a clue in what I've just what I've just said. The Ghanaian Football League. You're so close. The Ghana the, Football. I'm going to reveal it. It is the Ghana Premier League. The Ghana Premier League. Lovely. There you go. There you go. Premier League. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Chris Hutton was watching that. I think he was watching Ghana play. Um, Someone in the chat here called Big Head saying, "Yes, we do have a, a league, and it's not very good." No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think it would be the highest quality, but yeah, it's good to know. It's good to know he's on. I'm sure Chris Hutton does watch um, the Ghana in the Ghana. Why is this the Ghana Premier League? Is that was called the, the Ghana Premier the League. Ghana Premier League. League. I want to put it in yeah. Big Head? Remind me who's the guy who played for Palmer? Who was a defensive midfielder in like 2001, 2002? He was a good player at one point. Put it in the chat. I've forgotten. Good. Anyway, well, what did you ask me about Leeds? <laughs> We're getting very distracted with Garner uh, yeah. and me praising March, who isn't even going to play for us. Uh, Brighton Newcastle, top of the team date of attack. Are you expecting lots of goals for both of these two teams? Um, yes. Good. <laughs> because the stats say that they should be the top attack and it's not just the last six, it's also across the season they're right up. Mm. So I have no reason to doubt that they will score some decent, some decent amount of goals. The fixtures aren't the best for Brighton and... Newcastle and everyone, but I think they'll probably score some goals. What, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Apaya, thank you. Stephen Apaya. Nice one. There you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, Newcastle, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to the, onto the defence now because this is also okay. I mean, Brighton and Newcastle, still fifth and sixth on this list over the last six. Uh, very close to each other. You know, right at the top of the table for attack and then, you know, in, within, in top six, both of them um, for defence. Uh, but look at their opponents. Arsenal in 14th. You know, bottom 10, 1.69 expected goals conceded, non penalty per 90, 1.69. And Leeds in 18th, so 2.25. Mm. So both these teams are top of the attack and they're playing teams both in the top, in the bottom 10. There's going to be goals, surely. <laughs> yeah, that's what should happen. <laughs> the way football's been going recently, I don't think we can predict it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. I think... Um, I mean, again, when it's last six, sometimes the opponent knew they played factors heavily. I think Arsenal have played Man City in that time and Leeds have as well. So um, that's going to have an effect. But 
yeah, nothing, nothing to add there. It's, it's <laughs> it looks like a good game on paper. It's an interesting list this because I mean, it's it's you're looking at it and you're like, what? It's like City at the top, obviously, and then it's Palace. Okay, then it's Villa. Okay, they haven't been great lately, but fine. And then it's Liverpool. And then it's Brighton and Newcastle. And then it's Fulham <laughs> in seventh. And you think we talk about being on the beach, don't we? Well, they definitely weren't on the beach when they put five goals past Leicester, who were desperate to score goals. Yeah, you had a bit of a row with Mark, didn't you? Um, recently One, about being on the beach. Once upon a time, yeah, I passionately defend that. I think I think it's just used a lot when it suits and and not when it you know goes the other way. Mm. Um, everything's based on an individual game, I suppose. And even from game to game, you could say, well, suddenly do they get a kick up an arse and change? But the one thing I'm happy to concede is the fact that usually when teams are both on the beach, apparently there's usually more goals involved in the game. But I don't think you can necessarily level that. And many of the games from from this weekend had lots of goals in. I think that one of the team usually had something to play for. Yeah, just a bit of an anomaly overall. Maybe I've got I mean, one of those wrong. we're probably going to see the majority of of things going right to the wire, right? Because the the top six battle was exciting. Even the top four potentially, if United slip up again and Liverpool are looking to pounce, the title race um, should go to the wire. Um, I think, and then the bottom. I mean, Southampton are, are gone, but you know, Leeds, Forest, Everton, Leicester, these teams all battling it out. So there's, I think we're going to go into thirty eight with teams with something to play for. Um, if that yeah, it's exciting down there. It is exciting. Yeah, I mean, even I think even technically Southampton can get out of it still if they win every game and no one else gets a point. I think I'm yeah, right in that's... saying that. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. But... I don't think that's going to happen. Did you see Mark's post about his heart rate during that that Forest game? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. On that note, Gibbs White has mm. really stepped up, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's almost taken over as the talisman from Brennan Johnson, even taken penalties from him and everything. Yep. Um, if they do manage to stay up next season and he's got a kind price, he will be one what people look at, I think, because it's all set pieces and penalties. Um, you know, if he's if, if they do price him kindly, is an option. If he's around sort of the 5.5 mark, I think it'll be fairly interesting. Well, he's got um, two double-digit hauls in the last four games and he's returned in all four of those matches. Uh, you know, Liverpool, Brighton, Brentford, tough games. And then the big game, obviously, against Southampton. Do you know how many goal involvements he's had this season? Gibbs White? Gibbs White? Hmm. We haven't scored that many goals, have they? Um, I don't know. Go seven, eight. Fifteen. Christ. Yeah, it's a lot more than I expected. Isn't it? I mean, that is a, that's a good season. You know, that's the same as, or almost the same as Grealish, um, I think, for example. And you've got to think, like you say, you've got to think Forrest are going to get better next year. I think he could be a real option. Um, particularly if he keeps pens next year. So, yeah, one to, one to watch. I think he's a classy, very classy player. Yeah, let's just hope they price everyone well because obviously if you start looking at players that you can get for like 6 and 6.57 that are top-tier players, then yeah. it turns us away from all these guys, doesn't it? So we have to hope that there's a big enough gap. Yeah. I wonder if Mark's yeah. happy with, with how Johnson's done this year because he's, he's had a good season, I'd say, but maybe not. Elite, mm, lots of awesome. Yeah, he's he's shown he's shown it in periods where he looks like he's a good player. Um, yeah, I just think he drifts out of matches a little bit too much. But it's hard to level it when they play for a team like Forest because you're not expected to have the ball a lot. No, you don't true. have the ball a lot, and you just don't know what they can do in other teams necessarily. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think they'll be fine. Well, assuming they stay up, I think they'll keep him, and maybe they can. Awanoe looks like a hell of a player as well. Yeah, I mean, he had great yeah. stats before he came to the league, and I think it took him a while to adjust. But having him on the pitch, I think, makes a difference. God, he's such a presence, isn't he? He just he bullies the way tank. he bullies defenders. Absolute unit. Mm. Yeah, no, he's he's very good. Yeah, I mean, if, if Forest go down, I think Gibbs White and Johnson will will be heavily 
courted by players of intimacy where uh, they go if they do go down but hopefully Mark they won't and you'll be you'll be fine uh, goalkeepers over the last six game weeks I've just put in Steele and Pope because I think if you're going to be buying one it's probably going to be one of those two I wouldn't be buying Steele I mean you're you're pretty confident he starts but you wouldn't buy well I don't week, know I just I just think he still suits the way they want to play all the time and more than more than Sanchez and that's the main reason he's been picked I don't doubt that Sanchez could get like a, a especially if they're looking to sell him or whatnot I think maybe he could get like one game before the season ends but I still wouldn't think that he would just pick him on performance alone but what do I know the he's end of just day, not it... he's not a great goalkeeper still like there's a reason he why he's been like one, to be honest yeah well he's, there's a reason why he's been third choice for like three or four years that he's been at Brighton I know like we've had that with Martinez in the past, I, I don't think he's going to be a Martinez that, you know, suddenly be, becomes our first choice and starts representing England. He must be English uh, at the World Cup. So, yeah, I don't know. I think we're the goalkeeper is going to be a, a key position for Deserby in, in the summer. Um, and I think he could potentially just use his games to kind of give them both a chance to try and stake a claim. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Steele anyway. Uh, Pope's down there um, in ninth. Do you like Pope this week? Um, I say likes probably a bit strong, but um, <laughs> he's he's one of my he's one of the moves I may end up doing um, because I need to get a third new. Well, I don't need to, but I want to get a third Newcastle, and I've pretty much got Pope, Shah, or Wilson as my three options, and none of them really particularly inspire much confidence for me to get. Um, so yeah, he's he's in the frame. I, I talked about it last week that a lot of my transfers might involve goalkeepers towards the end of the season. So, so I'm trying to do everything I can in my power to avoid it. Um, in fact, I know why I can't get Pope now because March has got injured and I have to now go to McAllister, whose costs like 0.4 or five more. I now can't afford Pope, so I've right. been saved from that. But yeah. to be honest, I think I think Pope would have been not too bad of an option because the defense the games aren't great defensive goals. It feels like games he could end up getting a few saves in, and we do see it in double game weeks quite a lot where. You know, he is a good goalkeeper who can make saves and, um, you know, he can end up maybe getting a clean sheet and then four or five saves across the, the two games or even in one game and end up with a, a fairly decent score. I like so, him this week. Yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he makes bad. saves. I think he's got a good chance of a clean sheet against against Leeds. Um, if I was picking one this week, I'd, I'd be going for him, certainly. Yeah, I suppose if you've got... Most people have got Trippier and then... I suppose most people would probably want Isak. And then the third one is very much up for debate. But if you're going you know, full, full out, then it's probably Wilson that most people go for. But yeah, like I say, you've got Pope 180 minutes, um, you know, guaranteed, potentially can do quite well this week. And then you've got Wilson who, yes, he could start one of them, could start both of them. He could just start none of them because of the gap between the game and just yeah. come on for like two cameos. And suddenly it's a bit of an issue. Like I'm still... I'm in an iron. I'm seeing a lot of people saying they're, they're going to go for that. And maybe we get a team league, which ends up deciding this this for us. But for me, I'd have to sell Watkins to do it. And people probably say, oh, Watkins has not been doing great recently. But I think selling a 90-minute, you know, guaranteed 90-minute player who's on penalties, you know, home game versus Spurs, yes, they kept a clean sheet last week, but they've been defensively all over the place. Like, that has the potential to go quite wrong, I think. Watkins could easily do well in that game. And then I could sell for Wilson, who just comes on for... Two ten ten minute games. I completely agree. I so it's I think tough. I, it goes against a lot of what we what we kind of aim to do in FPL. Going for a, a player who we're pretty sure is going to only start one of the matches is a massive, you know, doubt. I'm seeing people captaining Wilson, for example, and we're going to look at his stats. His stats are very very impressive. Don't get me wrong, 
Um, but I think you you're 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 going to get ninety minutes. I think out of him. I don't think he's he's not going to start both games over the double. I'd be very surprised if he did. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. But yeah, it's just I, I thought it was just me that's thinking. You know, no, I've got, I suppose I've got Watkins. I'm, I'm not sending him home to, right. to the Spurs. Yeah. I suppose it's that whole desire to well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, he's got the potential to go big if he if he plays. You know, part in both of those games and. Well, and, you know, it's, he, and it's the lack of options. Try and do something. Yeah, it's exactly. the lack of other options. You know, it's. I, I think Willock is, is a good option, as people are mentioning. But if you've got a solid five in midfield, it's hard to justify it. The the, the defense looks ropey for for both teams at the moment. Brighton with the tough fixtures. Newcastle was struggling to keep clean sheets. So, making a move for a, a share or a Botman or something, it just isn't as sexy either, is it? Whereas if you if you no. pair up those those Newcastle attackers, you, you they could hit a big score and they, they could well do. It just doesn't. For Watkins, I can see it if you're if you're selling someone, you know, uh, who, who's not maybe doing that well for you, like a, a Jota potentially. And if I still had Jota, I'd be considering it because is he definitely going to start against Leicester? There's rotation with him. Go for Wilson. It's a bit more interesting. But Watkins, like you say, with a guaranteed ninety in the pens, he's a he's a hold for me. Anyway, this isn't goalkeepers. No, we're, we're ruining our content for later. Let's go on to defenders. I've highlighted the double game week defenders here. I also highlighted Porro. <laughs> Because he is, his stats are very impressive. He's in the top 10 for chances created. Uh, shots per 90. He's second, I think, only to uh, Vina of, of Bournemouth. Um, who He scored the Wonder goal, right? Was that him, Vina? Yeah, I think it yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great goal. Um, XGI, non put 90 of 0.27. But to bear in mind, he's got these incredible kind of attacking stats. 0.27 isn't exactly setting the world alight. Trippier, much higher, 0.39. I know he hasn't been getting the points. His points per 90, 1.73 over the last six. That is really, really low, considering what he's been doing um, week on week. Uh, but look at Trent. Trent is now way up to the top, 0.47. That's nearly doubled um, since his, since you know before his shift to midfield. Chance to create per 90, 2.29, top 10. Shots per 90 is high as well, 1.43. Um, and yeah, and six points. But 90, he is, yeah. He's dominating at the moment. Dominating, Absolutely. that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And it's, pr- it's pretty much coincided with this shift in formation as well. I know they've had a lot easier fixtures recently, which helps it, but the whole fact of him sort of getting more involved from open play, playing from midfield has, has seemingly improved him a lot. And that's why I think this week um, there's potential that you can bench him because of all the doubles you've got. And it was an option for me to bench him. I mean, even Man United have got like home to Wolves and... I don't know, it feels scary to do that. It's just away from home, we know that Liverpool's defence is not particularly good. And I think most people would probably say that as bad as Leicester are, they still always feel like they can score a goal. So you almost think, well, okay, Leicester will probably score. They probably won't keep a clean sheet. And therefore, two points compared to, say, a doubler, Trent, would suddenly look very bad. Mm. But but to bench him feels terrifying. This was We were talking about it before we came on um, the other day, weren't we? That This was the game he got 24 points in versus Leicester. Yeah. All, all that time ago. I'm um, seeing him benching so many teams. I know, but I can understand why. Like I said, it's not, I mean, you can't, you just said it yourself, attacking returns as good as he's been for them. You can't, can't say for sure that that's going to happen, but it would terrify me and I'm, I'm going to find the way to play him, I think. Would you, um, I mean, the, the, like one of the key ones is like Cheryl Botman, right? Cheryl Botman with a double versus Trent. I'd play Trent. Would you see? I, I think I'd still probably play a Newcastle defender, but I think I'd play Trent over probably over a Brighton defender at this point. I think people are in the mm. chat there saying they might bench them. But I mean, it can go, it can easily go either way there. 
I'd, like, I'd just be playing Trent. He'd, just, he'd be like, if I'm setting my team up, I'll just put him in and then sort out the other, the other spots. Like, yeah, he's probably right. I think him and Trippier, they've, you've, just, you've just got to play him this, this week. Yeah, um, on Porro as well. His stats aren't, like you say, not brilliant there, but his stats before he came to this league were very impressive. Mm. And I think also that, considering it covers the last six game weeks, we have to remember that Spurs, apart from last week, have pretty much been dreadful during this period and they have been getting battered. So to him still to maintain pretty high numbers in that small sample... It's pretty impressive. And I think if he does continue to play that right wing almost spot, or at least a very advanced position in the right wing back, um, that's only going to increase, especially with better fixtures to come. I can't so leave you got twelve points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I was you, I'd be looking to put I mean, I'd be looking to play him again in, in these three games coming if you can in somehow. I haven't seen mm. your team to see whether that's possible, but uh, well, I'm definitely it. playing against Leeds in the in game week thirty eight. Right. So that that that'll be fun. But yeah, he was he was the furthest forward player um in, mm. in the last game. So yeah, he's one to to watch, uh, I'll just highlight the other the other players. In this, I mean, Botman's in twelfth, which isn't bad actually. Zero point two two. Esther Pinyan, fifteenth, zero point two. Not much in it between these guys. Share, zero point one six. And my mate Dunk, right down in in forty fourth, zero point eleven. Doesn't really matter though, does it? With with players like Share and, and Dunk, all they need is one good cross on their head and a massive goal. The mm-hmm. XG is kind of not really so relevant with them as it is maybe with the fullbacks who you want to see them getting more open play crosses in and shots and stuff like that. It's also just, it's 180 minutes he's going to play in that game, isn't it? Unless you're going to tell me different. And then Stupinan, although he hasn't really been benched, he has been taken off a few times and, you know, that potentially they could, he hasn't, he hasn't had a rest, has he? So you could say at some point, given the way his rotation policy is, maybe it's his turn eventually. I mean, I don't really know who they would play there. Would they play Colwell left left back if they were to do that? They're not going to bench Dunk. No, 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 not Dunk, it's Stupinan, I'm saying. In oh, I see. Oh, well, that's that's it. We we don't have anyone that can play left-back. <laughs> mm. we, we really don't. You know, March played there for a bit under um, under Potter, but he, obviously he's not a factor now. I, I, I don't know who, who, who would play there. Um, no, but so. I suppose you could see that maybe if it wasn't going well with him, he could at least come off and therefore, mm. when you compare it to Dunk, that's... Stupinan's got more attacking threat. Dunk's got the 180 minutes pretty much yeah. sewed up. That's the difference, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to... I had something else I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. So we'll move on. Uh, midfielders uh, over the last six. Sinistera at the top, interesting enough, with his three starts. Action non of 0.85. Very high. Can't stay fit, though, can he? <laughs> no, he can't. He's, he's a good player, though. Um, hopefully he can have a few more games under his belt next season. Uh, Anthony in second. As well, five starts, 0.78. That's very high for him going into the double uh, next week. Uh, and then you've got Salah there, 0.74. Look at this, though. This surprised me. McAllister, XGI non-penalty per 90. Non-penalty. So we know, obviously, he scored the penalty goals. 0.7. That's the highest of all the Newcastle and Brighton players. Uh, shots per 94.16. That is only beaten by a couple of players. Uh, Sinister, Anthony... Um, and Rashford still having lots of shots um, as well. Uh, and chances created, 2.27, not bad. We'll do a bit of a comparison with these players. But his stats are good, uh, McAllister. And yeah, that is why I will be making the boring transfer to bring him in. And you've already done it. Yeah, what was the XG on his goal this week? Oh Laying on the floor with his head on the line oh and then just bouncing. I bet that's pretty high because it doesn't really take into account the fact, well, most models that he's laying on his back or whatever it was. Did you see Dwight McNeil's was 0.99? Oh, was it? Okay. Mm. The one where he was already celebrating when he um, tapped it in. (laughs) So one out of 100 people misses that. I don't don't understand that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> definitely, definitely me. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know what McAllister's was. If anyone knows in the chat, uh, let us know. Uh, Jacob Murphy, ignore his price, 4.2, really, really cheap. But he's seventh on the list as well. Actually, I'm not putting him in like 0.67. Uh, you know, people going for Willock, people going for Murphy, the Joe Linton um, kind of... I don't know, love in that I had is is tempered somewhat. He, it's waning, um, is it? Yeah, I mean, he's 37th on the list, as as a lot of people have said on, on Twitter and Newcastle fans. Long staff out affects his, his position um, and how kind of far forward he gets. So I think it's probably between Murphy um, or Willock. Willock's down in 28th. I mean, do you like either of those two? Do you like either of those as like kind of differential captain picks potentially? differential to picking your team. I think it's very brave to captain, but mm. like I said at the start, if you're not happy, do whatever you want. I think it's fine. You could you could just hit luck. I mean, look look at this week. Look at the players that scored points. In any individual given week, virtually anything can happen. You know, all sorts of players can return. So I don't hate it, but on paper, you know, bringing in one of those and captain is is probably <laughs> not it's probably not the optimal play. I mean, I think- I, I, actually, I actually think Ben um if you know, if you don't fancy a Newcastle defender, right? Let's say you've ruled Haaland out because you want to go for a doubler. You don't fancy a Newcastle defender, which I think is fair enough. And then the attackers, wise, um, you know, Isak and Wilson are favourite. But then let's say you do think, or oh, they get one game in each, and therefore it's not really a double. Then you you do start to look, I think, at McAllister and Matoma. Although the mm. fixtures are bad, they're probably likely to play both the games. And with McAllister's case, with the penalties as well, I don't think he's like a terrible captain option at all. No, I think, I think that's just quite comfortably captain him. That's where I'm going. I'm oh, you're going to captain him? I going. didn't realize anyone was actually going to fall. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going McAllister captain, just because I think if, Isak's going to be the obvious choice, um, isn't he? And I do think there is a bit of rotation rare, uh, and I, I think you know we we do our predictions at the end, but I think there's goals for for Brighton in these two um, games. I mean, there there is some concern that our kind of players are all knackered and you know when you talk when we when I start talking about the squad depth saying we don't have any right wingers we don't have any left backs we don't have anyone that can play at right back that kind of does show where our kind of squad depth is and we've got so many games coming in such a short period of time and we've already had so many games so that's the kind of issue um with that but yeah out of the Newcastle mids I think Willock's the, the play uh, you know, Almeron is back, so there's some risk to, to Murphy. Yeah, they're saying that in the chat. Saint yeah. Max and Almeron are there, and I, I agree. I don't know. I don't think you can guarantee that Jacob Murphy would play both the games. So, well, I, mean, I suppose you can't you know guarantee for Willard, but I think it's more likely. I right? think it's. I think he's fine. He's 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 done pretty well. Um, he's he's looking good in that position. He he's he's the player. I think if you are going for a Newcastle mid, I think he's the one. I just thought I'd let you know because I know how you love models that um, Matoma and McAllister are actually predicted to do quite well this week. They're about around about a point below the top option in Isak, or maybe slightly more 0.5, mm. but that's not a lot. And that's based on an average, you know, when they simulate it thousands of times or however many for the game week. So it's within a range where you're happy to risk a point on optimal play, then have fun, go for it. Well, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to have the opportunity to captain McAllister again in a Brighton shirt, I don't think, because he's almost certainly going to be on his way. So I've got to make the most of it. Uh, I hope he goes City, to be honest. Oh, God. Gundogan replacement, I think that's perfect. I, I, think, I think Liverpool will get him. Uh, Mares in 34th just to mention him quickly I was a bit surprised by that I was looking for him in the top 10 because he's always in the top 10 he's right down in 34th actually I'm not better than 90 0.37 it's not disastrous it shows that midfield there are some you know good options with high XGIs um, but yeah if you've had him over the last few weeks you've obviously done really well out of him he's got four assists and five starts and I'd expect him to start again against Everton yeah what do you think about that because 
Um, and, I, and I know people look to me for the for the Man City stuff, but a lot of what I do with Man City is I look at the tactics and do a lot of research in terms of who I think he's most likely to play the games. When you get to this point of the season where, um, you know, it's not just based on the tactics and the form of the players, he has to take into account, I think, the fitness of the players and who he's playing for the next lineup. It's almost like anyone's guess, right? And I think that, therefore, a lot of what I argue for, like tactically, there's no reason to play this player or play the next player goes out of the window because he almost mm. has to use... But I would say that um, with Mares, the fact that he didn't play, I'm not sure how much that impacts it, but would he play Bernardo Silva in this game? I mean, no for me. I don't think you play him right wing. So it's one of Mares or Foden that plays the right wing. I think we can be pretty confident of that. But that is the worry, is the fact that Foden is there and he, has, he hasn't really had many games recently. So you almost need Grealish to be benched in order for Foden threat to be non-existent to Mares. I'm, I mean, I'm seeing sure. Grealish after that game... He, he, he was knackered, wasn't he? He was knackered. He so this was. is, again, what I say, like, tactically, I can give you no reason why Grealish wouldn't play because he's literally played every game that he's available for, apart from the Leeds one, which was an obvious rest and when it was predicted to be rested. But five days, you know, four days, kind of four days, I guess, but five days gap between, Grealish could be fine and ready to go. Mm. And he plays most of the games he's available for. So suddenly you're in a position where it's Foden versus Morris for right wing and you can't be absolutely certain i'd also add just as a, another caveat is that bernardo silva wasn't particularly good versus real madrid he was pocketed um and pep will always look for the game plan and what he can do and i think at home there is a chance that he tries to do something different with that mm. spot because it didn't really work you know the, the attacking impetus is on them to try and do something and mares is the champions league boy so i wouldn't totally rule it out that he uses mares or foden as a surprise mm. versus real madrid and then that throws into the thing, okay, well, maybe... I guess another rest, yeah. Yeah. But if you've got him in your team, you, you play him all day, don't you? I just think the threat of right wing for Man City is large and it's the most contested position and Foden is right there. So it's kind of um, it's kind of down to Greenish, really, and whether you think he's going to start, I would say, more than anything. Just to interrupt you, Luke, um, people were saying lag, that they're lagging in the, in the chat. No idea why. Oh. <laughs> Just ruined my entire talk. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, all, all of your great insight there is, is probably gone. It's completely no, lost. No, yeah. it'll, probably, it'll probably come back on the uh, on, on the pre pre record. Everyone's saying, okay, I don't know, I don't know what happened there, but yeah. Anyway, we're we're fine. Basically, you said, don't be surprised. See, Mara's benched again. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's that's cutting it far. I would just say you have to work at it logically, logically, and you think if Foden gets some game time at some point you have to be pretty confident that Grealish is going to be benched to be absolutely certain that Mahrez plays. Mm. That, that's that's the worry, isn't it? Yep. I think Mahrez starts Everton. I, I'm, I'm quite jealous, actually. So yeah. you think it'll be Foden and Mahrez then? Yep. Okay. Now, I can't argue. Like I said, I can't argue with that because fitness-wise, it makes sense. So. Mm. Yep. Yep, interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have Mahrez a differential this week. If you've got him, I think you, you can be quite confident of... At least a return, I'd say, against Everton. Uh, forwards? Oh, I've cut the top off. Let me just sort that out. Oh, no, I've not just cut it out badly. Fine. Uh, here's the forwards of the last six. This is why people are moving towards Callum Wilson. Um, he has five goals and one assist. Uh, and an XG non-penalty of 1.08, which is the highest of all players over the last six. But, and here's the big caveat, two starts. Two starts in six. So, yeah, relying potentially from him coming off the bench. But, I mean, his stats are fantastic. You know, XG, non-penalty per shot is second highest. Third, no, Vardy and, and uh, who is that? Nunes. Nunes with, with high, basically getting better chances, but he's still third. Points per 90, 10.64. That's second only to Haaland. Um, his conversion rate, though, 41.7%. 
Surely that's not sustainable um, as well going forward. Shot in the box for 92.88. That's not crazily high. There's there's players around him with, with better than that. But yeah, I mean, the stats are great. Don't get me wrong. The stats are really, really good. And if you're chasing, um, I can see why people are going for it. But we've covered it already. I mean, Watkins out for Wilson doesn't really appeal to me that much. Yeah, it's just the hell. I mean, we covered it. Yeah, it's the it's the hell Mary, as I keep saying. You get you get potentially two games or at least a game and a half versus one, and then suddenly it's appealing. I think after that, you pretty much bench that spot. Most people, at least when I look at my team, like I wouldn't really use Wilson again as much as it's like home to Leicester in thirty seven. I think which is appealing. I'd probably play Isak as my only sort of single, mm. or maybe and keep him on the bench. So Wilson wouldn't play. Uh, sorry, Watkins wouldn't play either. And then thirty eight. Uh, Newcastle away to Chelsea because you, you have to consider the rest of the game weeks right and obviously th- injuries or stuff could happen um, which doesn't feel great and then Watkins' game's okay I think it's a, is it you lot guys he's playing I can't remember mm. is it Brighton yep. I think it's Brighton um, which again isn't awesome but you could potentially use him if you wanted to there so yeah you can almost see it as like a one game punt if your team is set up that way where it's like they just stay on the bench after that so when it when it comes down to that you know, do you risk someone who might get two versus one? I can then suddenly see the appeal and it jumps back out, back out to you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I think if, you, if you've got like Greenwood on your bench and some other guys who don't really want to play, it's more difficult. But if, mm. you, if you're happy just to bench Wilson after this, then it doesn't make him him a bit more um, appealing. I mean, someone's putting out in the chat that, you know, the minutes for quite a few of these strikers in, in the top kind of 10 are, are low. Low as hell, yeah, yeah. That's half the problem. Wilson, 313. No, Jota, 385. You know, Vardy three three three, Welbeck three ten, and now Ferguson's back, and Nundav's knocking around um, as well. And Cizo three four two. I think his minutes are going to increase now. March is good. March is back. I think he's a decent option actually. Um, and Cizo, you know, two assists and a goal is our six. And then you have got Isak. He's down in seventeenth out of strikers over the last uh, six. Zero point four five xg on penny per ninety. We still we're not hundred percent sure if he's on pens. With Wilson on the pitch, I we? still think Wilson's probably on yeah. pens, to be honest. I don't think we ha- we haven't seen conclusively, and I think there's even a chance, by the way, they argue about it, and it's whoever wins the penalty or something like that that we've seen the teams before. But who knows? We're not given the information, so everyone's guessing there. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Ferguson has been pointing out in the chat. If you want to go there as a punt, and you think he plays both the games, I think that's quite exciting. I think you could do well out of that. Um, I actually kind of like just moving, like, if you want to ignore the doubles for whatever reason or um, just be different, then I think just moving to an Arsenal player, that be that a striker or a midfielder, like, you could, I know Jesus <laughs> splits opinion, but he's still relatively high on this data and they have got three pretty good games, I think, overall. And I think he's a, a very much a differential. So I don't know how if people have got the money for that, but mm. Jesus or a Martinelli or whoever from Arsenal in from this point... Um, yeah, it could be something different than most of the people at the top won't be doing because they'll be looking at the doubles. And yeah, I, think it's fine. I mean, again, it them a good all season, right? I think this, this is very true because I think this this final striker spot, if, we, if you're going with three attackers, I don't think this is a clear cut decision. I don't think it's obvious to go for Wilson. It's not obvious to go for Enzo or Ferguson. And I think there are other, you know, stri- you know, Kane, for example, if you've still got him, is decent. Um, you know, Tony potentially, even just keeping him, given how well he's been doing and, and with the pens. Watkins is, is completely fine. Jesus, like you say, do you know what I mean? That this spot is something that I think we can That's the one have, you can play with, yeah, because of the midfield, with. like we spoke about. Yep. Someone in the chat, uh, Adam Clark there, Mitrovic versus Southampton. Yeah, we mentioned he's back, but I didn't even think about bringing him in. But I mean, that could 
that could be anything. Well rested. He's, he's definitely well rested. Because <laughs> he put on two stone as a result of it. We'll have to see. But Does he definitely come straight back in? I would have thought so. The guy's Mr. Fulham. I know he's let him down this season in, in certain ways with obviously his behaviour and whatever else, but I'd be surprised. I mean, it would be harsh on Vinicius because he's just started playing well, but I think I think he probably would, right? Mm. I would have thought so. I think that, that's a, a punt too far for me. He's not going to see 90 either, is he? Or is it just because it's suspension and it's not fitness related? He's been training like a demon and he can see 90 easily. Yeah, I mean, hard to know. I think, it's just, yeah. I think it's just a bit too risky when we've got, I think, Isak, Wilson, Jesus, Watkins. I think those four I'd still rather have this week. Than Mitrovic. Yeah, we're, we're scraping the barrel with different options. As we're, <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. We are. Uh, here's your cheat sheet. I love this chart. I think this is a really nice chart. Uh, talking about captains, talking about players. This is your game week 36 captain dilemma chart. Um, I haven't put Trippier on here. I mean, he is, you know, in, in the kind of conversation. But I think for the majority of us, it's going to be between Matoma McAllister and Isak. Uh, and then potentially Callum Wilson, if you're where Mark is, <laughs> he's got to be a consideration, right? Because he's that kind of explosive potential player who could come off the bench and, and get a brace like he has done um, in the past. I like these these tables because they kind of show sort of different sort of strengths and weaknesses for, for different players. I mean, look at Matoma's touches in the box. I wasn't expecting that to be the highest um, per 90 of all players. 10.76 touch in the box per 90 for Matoma. Um, McAllister's is four. Isak's is like six. Wilson's is 10. So... You know, when I think of Matoma, I think him kind of on the wing, cutting inside. But he is getting touches in the kind of key um, areas. His shots in the box is, is the highest um, as well. But, I mean, Wilson has 10 and he's had significantly less minutes than him. So, you know, per 90, uh, it's Wilson with the highest um, shots per 90. But there's not a shoot in the box, but there's not a huge amount in it um, between us, between them. Uh, big chances per 90, that, that falls to Wilson as well, but a small sample size. And if you're looking at big chances created, that's where Isak comes in, 0.41. Uh, and he had chances again in, in that Arsenal game. People were a bit worried about him being shipped up, over to the left to kind of accommodate Wilson. But Isak stood out to me uh, more than more than Wilson did um, in that match. So there you go. No one's really considering Matoma, right? It's, I think most people are going for... I think most people are probably going for one of Isak or, or Wilson, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it's- uh, it's because of the gap between the games, isn't it? I know the pattern has been that they switch around, but I think there is a justifiable um, part of the of the Twitter sphere or whatever that say that Isak has got more than enough time to play both games up front. And I think from what we've seen so far, he is the preferred striker overall. Like when both have been available, it seems like Isak has played. And then when it's been a midweek game, they've kind of rested Isak and used Wilson. And then, you know, Isak's ended, ended up coming on anyway or or whatever. It's just obviously Wilson can't play any other position apart from nine. He can't play on the wing. Mm. I, so, don't, I don't think they're going to play both of them against us from the start. I wouldn't have thought so. I think I know we've sort of spoke about the long staff thing already, but I think, yeah, he might abandon that and he might just go for the one and one again, just as off the basis of what happened against Arsenal, which, like I say, it's pretty harsh because it's a tough game. Mm. But I think that's might that might be what happens. Yeah, um, and I could be totally wrong. Could be totally wrong. I, I do find I think Matoma's fine. So review review likes Matoma. He's right up there alongside the other guys, just like a, a little bit below, and he's expected to get um, more minutes ultimately. I mean, you you probably I know Matoma has been benched, but you probably expect 180 from him, right? Again, mm. we're back on this thing. If he's yeah. on the pitch, yeah, he's got a chance. So 
I mean, there was, I that, there was that comment from Deserve a few weeks ago, wasn't there, which kind of said he's he's not used to playing this many games, but he's got to mm. kind of get over that and, and start. And then he benched him in, in the next game. They kind of made a few changes. So there's, there's a chance that there are some benching for Brighton players over the next two weeks because we're playing four games in, in two weeks. But we, we're running out of options, as I, as I said before. So I would be surprised if he was to um, to miss out. And, and Buenonate didn't cover himself in glory, I don't think, in, in the last game. Um one thing on McAllister, he had a couple of headers in that game, um, mm, in the last in match. The mm. He did. I know his goal was very, very lucky, uh, but you know his stats are really good and eye test as well. He, he is getting into good positions and having good chances. So, yeah, I, for people worried that he's, he's just going to be like a, you know, go back to this DM role. Um, I don't think it matters because he often operates as a kind of eight and he's making good runs and getting forward. And I, I like that kind of player, that kind of Ramsey, Torre, Gamirez last season um, type guy. So, yeah, I'll be going for McAllister, I think, this week. Um, but I can see the appeal of all four of these. Yeah, I often find that funny. Everyone's like, you see it a lot, don't you? Oh, this player's too wide. You can't have an influence in the game. He's too wide. Yeah. And they, and they say it like for <laughs> Isak, for example. Mm. He's too wide. And then you get a player like McAllister who is dead down the centre. Yes, he might be deep, but in open play, he breaks into the box, into the right areas, as you can see. And he's on penalty. So now is he... He's too deep. That suddenly comes out rather than being central. Like, what's more important? I don't know. I'm not here to say which one is more, but I just think that people sort of ignore that fact. And this is something that's been leveled at even the likes of Kane before. You know, he's too deep in the play. Yeah, but if you're in the central penalty area where most of the goals are scored yep. from, which is where McAllister can get to, then the the, the, um, the main difference between Kane and McAllister is Kane is like an unbelievably clinical finisher, whereas McAllister is. Yeah, I wasn't trying awful. to compare them. Like no, that, but. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. I mean, you, the thing is, you watch Kane operating deep, and then you know he only needs one chance to to get a goal. Whereas McAllister, you feel he needs at least a couple, like we saw the other day, because his headers get saved straight. The goalkeeper is shooting isn't amazing. He's got a great long range strike, but he's not really so clinical in and around the the penalty area. Um, but he's getting into good areas and has good stats. So there could be a haul coming for him between now and the end of the season. And I want to be on that, I think. Um, anyway, that's your cheat sheet. Let's take a look at some fixtures. Game week 36. I actually took your predictions live. Uh, that's why we were a little bit late starting. And it was ridiculous how close they matched onto, uh, onto my ones. So Leeds, Newcastle. We've both gone for a 2-1 Newcastle. Here, both backing leads to grab um, a goal to ruin those double cleans or those trippier captains, uh, you know, hopes. But you got to think Newcastle are going to win this, right? Yeah, I suppose it's how much you believe in in Leeds and and they want to stay up and all that theory and playing for something. But Newcastle are playing for something too, and they still remain a good team. So they're a better team on paper than Leeds. So I'll go for a Newcastle win. It's as simple as that for me. Um, the way the way results have been going. I wouldn't bank on it. No, no, <laughs> I know. Big Sam effect. Uh, Villa Spurs. We've both gone for 2-1 here to Villa. They have, I mean, what, you know, we talk about Brighton and that weird performance against Everton, but Villa have, have massively gone off the boil a bit since that that big win against Newcastle. I mean, they got the win. They got the 1-0 win against Fulham, but losing to Man U, losing to Wolves, I was surprised with that. And both those games without scoring. I think they haven't been playing as well as they have, mm. but I think they've been unlucky with the results as well. I think they had a higher XG than Wolves and were slightly unlucky. I don't know if you saw Watkins' header as well. It was a great yeah, header. Yeah. Well, apart from the fact it was straight at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a great chance. Like I said, I kind of like that's that's what's kind of holding me back from moving out Watkins because I feel like he could do some damage in this game. Um, yeah, I, I, I fancy 
I don't think Spurs have just sorted all their issues out in, in one game. So I think Villa can bounce back at some point and it will happen eventually because he's too good of a manager. Yeah, they should score. You know, Palace had a really, really good spell against Spurs where they, they could have easily got a goal um, in that game and, and just couldn't. But you, you've got to think with the, well, with Watkins playing the way he has done over the last you know, couple of months, um, he's got to fancy it. Uh, Chelsea Forest, I've gone for a little point for Forest here. Gone for a one-all. Uh, you've gone for a Chelsea win. Yeah, it's just Forest away from home. Chelsea, as bad as they've been, I feel like they can, they should win it. Similar to the Bournemouth game, I guess, where eventually the team strength has got to start clicking and they start doing something. So I think they'll probably win. And annoyingly, I don't have Chilwell for it. <laughs> that is really annoying, I know. Uh, Palace, Bournemouth, not a huge amount to say. There's much investment in here. I've gone for a 2-0. You've gone for a 3-1. You mentioned Eze earlier. I mean, as a bit of a punt for people, you know, looking for someone between now and the end of the season. I don't hate it. He's on pens probably, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be. He took the one when Zaha was on the pitch. So unless Zaha has decided to take them back, which I guess he could do, um, they've got Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest. You know, home games versus Bournemouth and Forest in those three. I mean, mm. at any stage in the season prior to this, you'd say that's like up there with the, the best three runs you could have in the, in the in the whole time. So as a result, if you're looking for a differential, he's... He's probably up there, but I don't even know if he is a differential because there was a period where people fancied him right after he scored a few points. But mm. it's just that whole midfield position again. I just don't know yeah. how you find find a spot for him. But yeah, I do kind of like him for these three games, definitely. Dal is firing jokes into the into the chat. He's a uh, Luke thinks that McAllister can break Kane's goal record. Love that. Yep, that's exactly what he was implying. Yeah, definitely. And he follows up with as how can Villa be on the beach? Birmingham's a city. Excellent. Great banter. Wow. Great banter from yeah. Dal. Love that. Top tier <laughs> stuff. Uh, United Wolves, both gone for a clean sheet for United. Uh, Manchester United, getting told off by Newcastle fans for, for calling them that. 2-0, uh, I've gone for, you've gone for a 1-0. Good news for De Gea, who's in my goal. Uh, he keeps <laughs> making mistakes and everyone hates him, but he's doing all right, actually, for me. I think they've only, I could have it wrong, I think they've only, and I did it the other day, actually, I might just check live, but I think they've conceded eight goals at home all season, mm. Man United. And as good as Wolves have been, I think, in terms of the manager and the improvement, we all know they struggle to score goals, especially away from home. So I think out of clean sheets, I don't know what the odds are, but I would have thought Man United would have been yeah, they are relatively bottom, high on the list. They are bottom of the attack data. Wolves, actually, don't put it up in 90 of 0.72, which is just below Forest, 0.74. And that's quite a drop off from Fulham, for example, in 18th, 1.05. So it's got, surely it's going to be a routine United clean sheet purely what can possibly you would have thought so but they're they're in a bit of turmoil at the moment aren't they with mm. you know De Gea and everything but yeah it only takes one game to snap back in so I think if there is a clean sheet on offer this week that is one of the top ones for a single game anyway obviously yep. you want to play your doublers but yeah yep uh, Southampton Fulham I'm seeing quite a few short benching by the way because same reason as Trent people are playing yeah I'm probably going to bench him as well yeah. despite me thinking we get a clean yeah. sheet but tricky one mm. yep uh, Southampton Fulham both gone for a draw one all you gone for two all yeah, I don't know how to call this one, to be honest. Got no idea. Just went for a draw. I don't think it matters, to be honest. I don't think any mm. of us are going to be... Apart from that one guy in the chat who's buying Mitrovic this week. Uh, I'm getting a bit of stick as well because I put this as the Garden Centre game, but it is at three o'clock. So technically it shouldn't be... You're breaking your own rules, Garden Centre. Yeah, I've kind of been a bit more lax with it than the markers. I just kind of use okay. it to describe the boring game. The, the hypothetically, 
it's where you would be if you were at the garden. You know, if you could go to the garden. He's not going to be today. happy with you. He's not going to be happy at all. Well, he's not this. here, is he, Luke? He's not here. <laughs> you rule the roost now. I'm in charge now. <laughs> uh, Brentford West Ham. I've gone for a one 0 You've gone for a two one to Brentford. Yeah, tricky game yeah, again. I think one. West Ham playing well. Can I just and... say I was bloody right last week when I called the West Ham United win. Remember I said West Ham are going to win that. I got loads of stick in the chat. Oh, as hates United, is his bias coming through again? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I knew they were going to win that game. Fair play, no Thank fair you. play. I didn't see that coming. I thought Man United would, <laughs> would do well, but they were they were terrible in that game. They're so bad away. So Rice and Paqueta was so good. Rice is really, really impressing at the moment, isn't he? Mm. I mean, he's been valued at, what, 120 million or something? Don't think they're going to get that for him, but... His performances are just, yeah, yeah they're just getting better and better and better all the time. So good. Yep. Uh, Everton City. Interesting game, this. Obviously, Everton off the back of a crazily good performance against us. Um, at home now, doesn't get any harder, really. Than, than City though uh, I've gone for 3-1 you've gone for a 3-0 give them the 1 just to rub it into Edison owners just can't buy yeah. a clean sheet can they I, I went for the nil for the banter for that exact reason <laughs> I mean it should be a nil I mean, it should be every week for Man City so let's see what happens yeah I think Diaz will come back and play though and he makes a difference um, Calvert-Lewin's obviously their main threat I'd expect they'd probably go for their aerial guys as a result in defence not that they've got that many options and then again I'm talking about tactics when there could be fitness stuff because it's Real Madrid in, what, mm. three days afterwards, is it? Yep. So we'll have to see. But he, he still needs to win the games. That's the bottom line. The fact that Newcastle beat Arsenal as well, is me- I mean, he would need to win this one anyway, but it's not like he cannot just afford to not focus on the Premier League. He's going to put out a strong team, in my opinion. I don't think there's going to be too much rest and rotation. And that's the bottom line because Luke Williams said so. whatever (laughs) Uh, Arsenal Brighton this should be a great game it was it was a great game last time we played them they battered us for a bit and then we got I think we got a goal or maybe even two Um, you know just two really exciting attacking teams so I've gone for an Arsenal win I think they they, they're a better team than us so they should win it Uh, 3-2 you've gone for 3-2 as well but crucially goals for Brighton in this game yeah, I'm not sure if uh, Arsenal can stop them stop them scoring. Their defensive data has not been great. Again, I don't put much weight in this, but that I think it's like three clean sheets at home for Arsenal mm. all season. You know, Brighton are still right up there for one of the top attacks, so it'll be a surprise if they clean sheet. I think it's only um, Southampton that's had fewer clean sheets at home than Arsenal. Yeah, we mentioned this before. Yeah. They're like level and then Southampton are on like one or something. <laughs> um, I don't know, just Brighton's strength of attack, I'd expect them probably to score, but Arsenal... And the way they've been just handling these kind of games, I feel like they're probably just gonna just gonna end up winning it in the end. Yep. Uh, and then Leicester, Liverpool, both gone for the same score here. It's quite ridiculous how similar our predictions are this week. Uh, Leicester, Liverpool, I've gone for a three-one. Liverpool, so have you. Tricky one to predict because of Liverpool's form, but they're gonna score. Would have thought so. Liverpool are pretty bad away, aren't they? But Leicester are just so bad that I just think surely Liverpool can get a few goals. Um, but yeah, it stinks of a game with a few goals on, on paper, at least. Yep. Uh, and then finally, on Thursday, it's a really another really good-looking game. And uh, I went to see Brighton at St. James's Park a few years ago, and it was incredible. I loved St. James's Park as a stadium. Um, we lost that game. I think one of our stupid players got sent off after about 10 minutes to ruin the game. But great atmosphere there. Uh, and, you know, two teams that have definitely overachieved this season. So big game for both clubs. I've got to go for a draw. I think I think we'll cancel each other out. I've gone for two all and so have you. Goals again though. 
Yeah, hopefully. Tough one. Another another very tough game to call. Yeah, we've both gone for four goals for each for each of Brighton and Newcastle over this period. So that bodes well for uh, the attackers that we're getting. Yeah. Uh, people people raising in the chat there that Brighton, if they're going to concede three to mm. Arsenal and two to Newcastle, should you play the defender over the likes of Trent? I'd play Trent. I'd play Trent over the Brighton Yeah, you've said that, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. I still can't get away from it. It's a double. It's, I find it so hard to just not play the double player. It's like if your player already busts and then uh, like if he concedes and then everyone else just, just sat there waiting with another game. It's so hard to well, take it's, mentally. His opinion's a bit different, isn't it? Because he's, he's got that, that he's got that attacking threat, whereas yeah. you know, Botman and Cher, I mean, Cher does, I, I, I guess, but Botman doesn't. Uh, Dunk doesn't, for example. So it's opinion, but I'd, I'd, I'd play Trent. I'd just play Trent. I just don't think you can bench him at the moment. No, I can't really argue. No. Uh, Captain Matrix, enjoy this while it lasts because I can't see too many of us going away from Harlan in 37 with a double. Uh, although Rashford is, or Fernandez is tempting. I think he's a better looking double for United. I mean that. And then it's Brentford for Harland in, in 38. I guess maybe we could be rolling the dice a bit with, with players. Salah versus Southampton. Kane versus Leeds. Oh, I think there'll be a little bit, little bit more diversity in 38 yeah. just off the basis of... Yeah, no one really cares. Or they're trying to catch five points on a mini league or whatever. Okay. So I, th- I, th- I think 38 will be more of a, a crapshoot. And I think that's fine. Away to Brentford's not, you know, the easiest game in the world, I would say. So and I, I honestly think Rashford in 37 will be looked at quite a lot. And Bruno Fernandes yeah, as well for the same reasons. Yeah, maybe I should rephrase. I think if you're in a sort of a comfortable position, I think Haaland looks, looks a good option for 37 and 38. But yeah, like you say, if I'm 150k going into 37... I probably will take a punt on Rashford and then definitely take a punt in 38 and just hope that, yeah, Haaland doesn't hit. Imagine if I just, if I get like just outside the top 100k and if I captain Haaland, I would have made it. That would be, that'd be devastating. Uh, but this week's interesting. Are we, are, we're not going to go into too much more on this because we've, we've talked about it loads. But yeah, 36. I think the primary candidates are Isak and McAllister and then anyone else is is a bit more of a punt. Um, you know, the sing- I mean, Salah versus Leicester, even a single game week, I know that's not going to appeal to you because you don't want to bench... Uh, you know, a, a Newcastle defender, but you know, Salah versus Leicester, it's not a bad game. No, it's not. He could do fine, but I think just owning him is probably enough. I just, yeah, I can't bring myself to do it. I do think Trippier is fine just on the bait. I know he hasn't been doing well, but it's that whole 180 minute set piece is like he could easily get a clean sheet versus Leeds with a set piece. He could get like a, you know, a 12 point or a nine point or something versus Leeds and then, you know, just back it up with maybe two or yeah. one versus Brian. And suddenly that's a very decent score. Again, you need your striker then to. You know, to do pretty damn well to beat that, and you and you're not guaranteed the minutes. So I, I don't, I don't think, I think that's fine. Like I, I wouldn't be ripping my team apart, put it that way, to, to try and solve that issue. If I had Trippier in my team, I think I'd probably just captain him. To be honest, yeah. And he, it's scary because I know people love their whole, you know, who's been scoring points recently, and he is certainly right at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, you know, since like the World Cup, it's like been two or one every single mm. week, but. You know, it doesn't have to work like that. It's just he has been polar opposites in terms of overperformance and underperformance. His, and the true reality is, is somewhere in between. His so. stats are still good and Newcastle's defensive stats are still good. Mm. So there is a chance of a clean sheet for what, you know at least one of those games. And there is a chance of attacking return. So he's definitely not a bad, not a bad option. Um, if we look at the captain conversation, obviously we've got the kind of cheat sheet table of a little while ago. This has got the, the season data on it um, as well. Harden, 35 goals. Still absolutely ridiculous uh you know callum wilson 15 goals though this season and five assists no 20 attacking returns of him given that he's played a bit of a bit part season for a lot of it um really good season for him uh salah 19 goals now eight assists i think he's cemented now as the greatest ever fpl player that we've ever had so sixth consecutive 200 plus point season um yeah, fantastic mental. 
Yeah, absolutely amazing. Although Kane, you know, 26 goals and eight assists as well. That's incredible. Absolutely nuts. You know, I think he's he's going to struggle to beat that again for the rest of his yeah. career, I would say, yep. which people may not agree, but that's, yeah, that's some total to get towards this back end. I mean, maybe it changes if he moves club, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, and all the players, I mean, Isak, 10 goals, like that's a good, good start for, for someone, you know, kind of new to the league. Uh, Matoma, 15 goal involvements for him. McAllister with 10 goals. You know, it's really strong, really strong for a lot of these players, and, and Trippy with seven assists as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, any any of those options are, are good. <laughs> Basically, that's the uh, that's the long and short of it. But yeah, over the last six, it's Wilson um, at the top, and over the season, he is second only to Haaland out of this, these players. Actually, I non-put it for ninety over the season, zero point eight one um, is very. If they high. were if they were both guaranteed to play one hundred and eighty minutes, everyone would just captain Wilson, wouldn't they? I don't yeah, think there'd be any debate there. Absolutely, because he'd be the central striker. Yep. His stats are generally better in that position. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I think probably on pens, but yeah, one hundred percent. And then opponents, um, Everton um, over the season are bottom of this. They're conceding the most XG on penalty, but that's a lot of that's under the Lampard uh, years. But actually, over the last six, they are bottom of that <laughs> again. Uh, XG on penalty conceded two point three six. So actually, I should like Lampard. But it's actually got worse over the last six uh, for, for Everton and, and City to play. Uh, Leicester um, offer Leeds second. Uh, you know, conceding lots of chances. That's got worse as well. Uh, obviously, since uh, what's his Smith. name went? No, sorry, Leeds. Uh, who who they have? Marsh, Jesse March. Gracia. Yeah, it's got worse for them since Gracia came in, and all the problems they've had um, as well. So yeah, uh, that again is is another string to the bow for Wilson and Isak uh, too. Um, here's my team this week: De Gea in goal, Trent Trippier, Dunk. Salah, Rashford, March, Matoma, Haaland, Watkins, Isak. I'm afraid there's not much in the way of excitement here. Grealish, Moreno and Porro on the bench. What can go wrong? Such, it looks like a bloody good bench again, doesn't it? I'm going to get more points, I reckon, from those three. Uh, transfer, March to McAllister, captain. Okay, yeah. Can't argue and I can't even sort of have a go at you for having Porro on the bench and really I mean any of those players could score points this week you know that but how would you fit them in I don't really see how you do it it'd have to be probably at the expense of Watkins and that yeah. doesn't feel right nah, or, or dunk potentially for Porro to try and get the attacking um, play, but... I suppose but again no I'd, I'd go with the Brighton defender personally yeah 25 pointer for Porro incoming people are saying <laughs> God, probably, if I get another 20 points on my bench, I, I quit. <laughs> when I looked through FPL.team and looked at my, this was always the week for me that I thought this is just horrendous for the yeah. bench. Yeah, well, in some ways you were helped out with a Chilwell injury because if he'd been fit... I'd have started him 100% and yeah. I would have probably bench yeah. Trent. I mean, I've used one, I had two free transfers. I've already used one to get McAllister for March. So that's why you can see that there. And I've got another one to use now. So... Yeah, on my plan, I wouldn't have had to do that transfer as well. So I'd have had two free transfers with that team and it would have been hard to know where to use it apart from maybe mm. to, to get a third Newcastle. Yeah, I wanted um, to keep it, to be honest. But. I mean, your team is, is very similar to mine. Kepper in goal, Trent Trippier, Estepinian, Salah Rashford, Matoma McAllister, Isak Harlan Watkins. Our only difference is you've got Kepper, I've got De Gea and you've got Estepinian, I've got Dunk. That's it. Sad, yeah, Raya at home to West Ham. Do I play him over Kepper? Probably. I'd probably go you right. Think? Yeah, I think so. West Ham have got Europe, haven't they? Yeah, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Well, no, that's true. I'd probably play Raya, I think. I think for a score. 
Yeah, I mean, Chilwell I don't need to worry about now, but Shaw, I think, probably gets a clean sheet. Grealish if he starts, and mm. I think it's possible he can. I mean, it's, it's a great game as well. I just, yeah, you just have to take it on the chin that they're going to get points. My move's pretty much probably going to be either Watkins to Wilson. I think I'll <laughs> After probably all that. <laughs> only, Yeah, I'll probably only do that if we get the leak, though, that he's going to start the game. I don't know if yeah. we are going to get that. But it is the Leeds game first, right? Is it, Am I yep. correct in thinking mm-hmm. that? So if we get the information he starts that, you get probably the best game of the double with him presumably as number nine for, what, 60, 65 minutes at worst in that game. And suddenly it becomes more appealing. Would you captain? I think I wouldn't. No, I'd still captain Isak, I mm-hmm. think, because I just think you'll play more minutes over the two. Um, yeah, if that doesn't happen or we get a leak, he doesn't start, then I'm just not going to get him on the off chance that he, he comes off the bench and maybe plays the other. And I'll probably either do Chilwell to Shah, um in fact, that's all I can do now because I've already talked about the Pope thing. I can't afford him mm. anymore. It was going to be, it was going to be Raya to Pope and get a double that way, but it'll probably be Shah. And then if I've got Shah, then I'm in the same position though, because then who do I play? Because I don't want to bench Trent, and suddenly I'll have to bench Watkins in order to play Shah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get share with this, with this, with this. So, team. so how do I get my third Newcastle then if I don't get Wilson? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's it. I'm, I'll be like the only one in the world with only two Newcastle. Well, I'm going with two. I'm not going to have three. Oh, okay. Okay. Don't well, know, don't, don't know if that makes together. you feel better or, better or worse. To be <laughs> I don't know how to think there for a second. I, was like, oh, <laughs> I don't blame sure. you. But yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat, my only way of doing it would be, um, you know, I, I could do like De Gea to Pope if I wanted to, but it'd be for a hit because I'm having to get McAllister. So I don't really want to do that. Or it would be Watkins to Wilson for a hit, um, which yeah. again, I don't really want to do. So McAllister screwed me at that. I bet Pope goes, if Pope goes mad this week somehow and scores a hell of a lot of points, yeah, that was like, my move before I, like I had Pope. to do March to McAllister. So yeah, yeah as well. he probably I, hauls. To be honest. I, I really liked, I had my eye on that Pope move, but not for a hit. Yeah, cool. Okay, so Isak, Isak definitely captain. I wouldn't say definitely, but um, yeah, again, it's based on that leak. If if Isak's suggested he's going to start, and I can't see why he wouldn't, he'll be my captain. Yep. We'll just have to hope. Uh, before we move on to the outro, 650 people viewing. Thank you all for tuning in just before the Champions League uh, semi-final. Do give us a like, though we only have 100 likes, which is very low. So if you could all give the stream a like, hopefully you've enjoyed it. We're doing the best we can with... Uh, what is quite a boring game week and quite a dull end to the season. So we do appreciate all your support uh, in carrying on tuning into these. Uh, Black Box Leagues, Ali, uh, 36 points for him, still remains top of the pile and top of the overall standings. Uh, Joanne's in second, Chris Glover, Tom Appadale, Vicky Davis, uh, and then got some risers and fallers down from the top five. Uh, Ballas in sixth, Fred Foley in seventh, Stewart's in eighth. Stephen Browner in ninth and Alex Jones in joint ninth um, as well. So the top five looks quite set at the moment, but yeah, it might be a few more twists and turns coming. But come on, Ali, we're still rooting for you to go on and and win it all, uh, having an unbelievable season. Uh, Before we finish, just a final mention. I want to mention Game Week 39 again, which is coming up Saturday the 3rd of June. Uh, I... We'll be playing in that and I don't know if anyone's uh, seen Focal's free kick that he scored he went to Anfield as part of a so rare promotion scored a worldy left foot free kick you see that Luke? I have not seen that Unbelievable. no I shall certainly check it out though yeah, here we it go. wasn't a Michael Owen situation was it? it wasn't like a 10 year old in goal it could have been can't really see the goalkeeper but no he's, he's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's a tiny player uh, Focal so yeah do nice. get involved um, with that there's a gaffer game where you can build your team stick me in it as captain obviously 
Uh, but no, we're, we're raising money for, for a great cause. You can come watch the game in Birmingham on the 3rd of June. Uh, and if you, I know times are tough, if you've got any pennies to spare, do check out the uh, the Just Giving page in the description. You can donate to Street Child United, a great charity um, for you know helping uh, homeless children, making sure they're fed, and raising awareness around all things. Do that. You're a, and like you said, look, you're a bit of a player back in the day, but you're not playing in this, are you? you you've had your injuries. I'm I'm well past it. Can't can't play now. Back's done in. But um, I might come along though. I've, I've got the day off, so I'm going to try and try and wangle it to come along and uh, cheer you on as from the, from the touchline. Yeah, there'll be a night out as well afterwards. We'll all be going oh, Okay, say no more. Yeah, come on, do it, get involved. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Luke, you're not here next week, right? Um, yeah, I think that's right. I'm not, no, I'm not. Wednesday, I'm busy, unfortunately. So cool. uh, yeah, I won't be able to make it, but I'm sure the crowd will be pleased. There'll be a new face to talk to you. Don't know who that's going to be yet. So Put your suggestions on the back of a postcard and I'll try and make it happen. It can't be Mark. Don't just send Mark. He can't make it. Uh, he, he had forgotten to do the tables um, today. Well, I hadn't asked him, but he had forgotten. Uh, so he did those very rushed on his lunch break at like two o'clock this afternoon. Uh, so yeah, thanks to Mark for, for sorting that out. He's still still lurking in the background uh, doing little bits and bobs. So we are appreciative. But yeah, do give the stream a like. Do leave us a comment um, as well. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Luke and I will be back for game week 38, the final game week of the season. I'll be back with a mystery guest, a mystery even to me, uh, next week. But Luke, thanks a lot, and I will see you in a couple of weeks. No problem, buddy. Thanks for having me. See you, everyone. Good luck for the game week. Podcast Network.